I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We gotta stay positive. We gotta stay positive. Hey, welcome to the Sportive. We're we're back and not live. We're recording a real episode this week rather than last week where we did a clip show made up entirely of clips that didn't make the podcast the first time around. Um, once again, the podcast is the home of the technical problem. So right now we're operating on three of us. Uh, Clarence is here. Hey guys, how's it going? And our guest this week is Brian Stensas or Stensation of. Your, fa- your favorite paper in mine, the Star Tribune, and he is coming to us live from his car in southeastern Wisconsin. Is that right, Brian? That, that is 100% correct. I am uh, currently parked at a dark intersection in uh, Marshall, Wisconsin. Really? <laughs> this is... That is no lie. The, the glamour of the podcast comes through once again. I, I'm not, uh, I would uh, duct tape your butthole shut. <laughs> That's the first thing I would do if I were in southeast Wisconsin at a dark intersection. Just, and that, you know, Maybe back up to a wall, just so you only have 180 degrees to cover. Pleased to join you guys here for, for a little bit tonight, and uh, I'm, I'm very, very happy to be back on the sport. Brandon is Brandon is not here this week. Uh, he's on vacation, and Stu is not here because he and Stenzas are having a feud over Randball, who sort of was the our podcaster emeritus. Brian, can you explain why you're feuding? Uh, I'll leave that up to Stu. I think he's got the true story, and um, oh. let's just say it, it go. It, it's after naming rights. I, I'm not. I, I'm not really. He knows sure what why he, did. he thinks that he can he can just he knows what he did and uh he thinks he can rub it in my face by taking Ramball's name and his Twitter handle. So. Uh, it, it all makes sense. Just trust us. Uh, the first thing I want to start off with this week is the British Open, which started this morning at about what was it one in the morning our time midnight our time twelve thirty two twelve thirty two they teed off, which would make it what six thirty two British time. I believe that is correct. British time. I think that's uh, proper as well. Yeah, <laughs> British summertime, I believe it is. Um, yeah. The first thing I want to mention is that one of us, Tom Lehman, is in fourth place. My question to Brian, Brian is the golf expert here. He's in golf fantasy leagues. I, I think it's fair to say that he's the biggest golf golf fan anywhere in Minnesota or Wisconsin. So my question <laughs> is, is Tom, is Tom Lehman this year's Tom Watson? Well, I don't. I mean, let's be honest. Tom Watson should have won the damn thing a few years ago. He blew up there on the Sunday. Um, the thing about the is he this year's Tom Watson? I don't know. Can he put this together for four straight days over unpredictable conditions? Um, I don't know. But he's he knows how to win there. Uh, maybe not at Muirfield, but at in the British Open in those conditions. Same with Tom Watson. That that's the biggest difference between. Um, regular golf and Lynx golf is that once you get a feel for playing the style of play that Lynx golf is and that you, you the, the, the fairways are rock hard, um, you know, the rough is super. If you're a straight, long hitter and you can stay out of trouble, you've got a chance. And I think Tom Lehman, you know, that's why you see old, I mean, look at Marco Mira, look at Tom Lehman, look at Tom Watson, look at, um, hell, the first guy to strike a ball today was Peter Sr., 
who will be in Minneapolis in a few weeks playing in the 3M, just like those other two guys. You've probably never heard of him, but he's in the field. It's just you see a lot of guys that year after year after year. Mark Alcavecki is another one. Everyone's heard of Calc. He's in it. Uh, you never really lose your feel for Lynx golf, and there's not an advantage with these younger whippersnappers that can come out there and you know do their thing all over the course. If you know how to play Lynx golf in a British Open, you're going to have a chance. And um, that's what I, Layman certainly knows how to do it. And uh, I don't know if he can if he can put it together for four days, he might be. But there's a lot of guys that are starting to figure it out who are a lot younger, a lot uh, a lot more powerful, and maybe have the upper hand. But man, those putting greens. I, I heard uh, Ian Poulter today said on um, the pin placement on 18 at Muirfield. The only thing it was missing was a windmill and a clown nose or clown face. So, <laughs> you know, that's some people's in, some people how some people feel about the British Open, but yet hey, everyone's playing those same holes. So we'll just go and see. I I'd love to see Tom make a run, but I don't, if he can put it together for four days, I guess we'll we'll see. So hypothetically, let's say Tom Lehman is leading the British Open on Sunday. Is that the highest rated sporting event in Minnesota on Sunday morning? Like the highest-rated sporting event of the year just because the whole state is going nuts for Tom Lehman again. It's just gonna, it's 1997 uh, all over again. Well, maybe, uh, but, you know, here's the thing, though. If if Canada 11 were to hold a special on Sunday morning one week out from Vikings training camp, <laughs> that would kick the shit out of it. Yeah. Because <laughs> it just, more people care about that and now, I don't know, I think, you know, Minnesota, we all here, it's got the most golfers per capita and all that, you know, whatever. I think it would be pretty highly rated, but like I said, you put it up against anything that has a Vike or an Ings in it, and it's mm. going to get beat because that's, that's king shit in, in, in that market, and um, it always will be. And so, you know, I, I don't know, I, I'm different, though. You're asking the guy who in college – would wake up and make Bloody Marys and scrambled eggs on the Sunday morning of the British Open all five years that I was a student at the U of M. So I, I love it. I, I, that's what I'd be doing, but no matter who's in contention. But um, are people going to go batshit crazy over Tom Lehman winning it? They're probably going to be like, who, who's Tom Lehman? You know what I mean? And they know who he is, but I just think, you know, I don't know. I, I, I just think they'd, they'd rather see Tiger Woods or, you know, somebody else probably. And, and, and that's unfortunate, but it's, it's it's probably the truth. I think there's two crowds you're looking at here. Number one, there's sort of the 40 and under crowd that's going to say, hey, who's Tom Lehman, big deal. But then there's the people who read Sid Hartman's column, like my dad, who would, <laughs> yeah. uh, my dad, you know, if Tom Lehman tees off at whatever that would be on Sunday morning, 6.30 a.m. or whatever, my dad would be up, like, wearing a gopher hat and possibly waving a <laughs> gopher pennant and a nine iron, cheering yeah. for Tom Lehman. Yeah. <laughs> Just because, you know. He if he sinks a putt, would he, like, do the rouser? He might. Well, mostly he would just throw things at the TV if he misses a putt. <laughs> <laughs> the the Marthalers are much more attuned to failure than celebrating success. We're a pessimistic people. Sure. So, I think Tom, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, Tom, Tom Lehman certainly has a good following in Minnesota. Why, why wouldn't he? He's, you know, the first son of golf here, and... Um, you know, I, I think he's, he's got a good following everywhere. You know, I mean, I, I was at the um, PGA Championship in 2010 here in the great state of Wisconsin at Whistling Straits, and I was watching, I was on a hill waiting for Tiger Woods to tee off on a par five, and two holes over was a par three. Tom Lehman had a hole in one, and obviously any hole in one doesn't matter who it is, but he had a pretty good crowd with him there that made a lot of noise when that when that, when that that ball dropped in the hole. So he's, all, he's got a good following up here in, in the Midwest, and, I think it would be a big story if he stayed in it. But then again, I think anybody above the age of 45 who's in contention on Sunday is going to be front page news. Yeah, that's yeah. true. When when Watson lost it and Stuart Sink won it, you could tell that pretty much everyone in Britain and America just wanted to rise up and murder Stuart Sink and hand the trophy <laughs> back to Tom Watson just because it was such oh, a wonderful story. But I think at that point in his career, Tom Watson you know, knew that I think he wanted it. Uh, but I, he, he got over it really quick. And the only reason I know that, name stopping, I had a one-on-one interview with him last year at the 3M Championship, and he first question I asked him, do you, you know, do you kick yourself for that one? He said, well, of course I do, but what am I going to do? I've, I've won my, you know, championships. I, I'd love to still contend, but I gave myself a chance, and uh, you know, I can't be upset about that. And it was a very grown-up answer from a very, very grown-up man. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Tom Watson. Um, who's on your... 
you you mentioned before we started that you have a golf fantasy team this week. Who's on your British Open fantasy team this week? Holy crap, I knew you were going to ask me that. Um, I know I've got, I've got uh, uh, it's a draft we do, and um, I've got uh, I've got Nicholas Colfarts. Sure. I've got I've got Lee Westwood, and I've got a name that uh, if this podcast goes in the history and we look it up in about ten years, you're going to think I was the first person to bring up this guy's name. His name is Brooks Kepka. He's um, twenty one or twenty 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 one years old. He's twenty one. Yep, <laughs> that's correct. Yep. And uh, yeah, he, he's 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 a guy that's kind of you know earning his stripes over on the European tour. Yep. I read yep. a little bit about him, and I decided to give him a chance. Uh, I think he shot seventy five today or something. Yep, that's right. Seventy. No, he was seventy yeah. five today. Seventy five is right. Okay. Okay. So those are my three guys. I got Cole Sartz, uh, Lee Westwood, and Brooks Kepka are my three guys in my uh, real high stakes five dollar uh, British Open pool that I'm in. Those are the three that I would have taken. Me I'd too. Taken those three exact same guys. Those so are three. You, gotta, you, gotta you got the shot. three on the top of your list, didn't you, Brian? Yeah, that's on your draft board. That's, they were. Yeah. yeah. One, were two, three. Claire, Clarence, that's why you and I get along so well on the golf course because we think exactly alike. <laughs> yep, that's exactly right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. One thing I, I also want to bring up. You said you got up at five in the morning to make breakfast on the Sunday of the British Open. Is the British Open your favorite of the majors? Uh, it's number two behind the Masters. I, I think the Masters is uh, is definitely number one on, on most people's list in the majors. I um, it's the one. I think the last time I joined you, fine fellows, I said that Masters would be the one tournament I'd love to go to. I've been to two PGA Championships. So that one will always hold. The U.S. Open, obviously, is our national championship. It's great. But I've had the privilege of being at two PGA championships, which is great. Um, the Masters, uh, just, just Augusta, just, just the, the whole, you know, idea of, uh, you know, all, all that goes along with um, being down at Augusta National is great. So that, that's probably number one. I put British number two only and for the very reason of you get to do fun stuff like wake up at whatever o'clock in the morning and watch it. I I just think that's great. I, I love stuff like that. I love when the Olympics happen and you can watch it overnight or in the early morning or in the late night or whatever. I, I, it just it really shows you how vast this world is and how things happen. You don't know what's going on in Australia right now. People are whatever the hell time it is. And here I sit at whatever o'clock in front of a bar on a, on a Thursday evening talking sports in and, 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 and Marshall, Wisconsin, and you never know what's going on, on the other side of the world. There's always something going on. I just think that's really cool. And I I love watching the British Open too because you just never know what the hell is going to happen, and it's so much fun to watch. Yeah, there's always a chance of a John Vandeveld happening. Hell yes, oh Carnoustie baby, <laughs> Carnoustie. I like saying Carnoustie. We should just have a part where we all say the names the names of British golf courses. Troon. <laughs> it's just fun to say Carnoustie. Carnoustie. Yeah. Um. So do you do you watch other? Sports from around the world, or is it just golf? That you get? I mean, do you get up in the middle of the night to watch the Australian Open and tennis and stuff like that? Um, not on purpose. Uh, <laughs> if it's on, if, it, if it's on, I'll watch it. I, I remember, um, and this isn't even that far uh, away from the world, but I, I um, like two, a week, maybe two weeks after my wife and I bought our house. We um, got the cable hooked up, and we're, I got the HD hooked up, and the U.S. Open was on uh, from from Flushing, New York, and, and uh, that was uh, Andre Agassi's famous last match or whatever it was, mm-hmm. where it went just it went into um, you know super tie break, and and I don't even remember the circumstances. I think I might have been drinking. Go figure. But it was <laughs> it, it went like the match didn't start until like midnight Eastern, so eleven o'clock here, and it went to like five sets, and it ended at like three in the morning there too here and it was i watched the whole damn thing it was it, it just captivated me and there was nothing else on except for the you know four three round of sports center so when stuff like that is on i'll take advantage of it you know i i'm not going to watch paris figure skating from you know bratislava uh, you know at whatever time but i'll if it's, if it's a major event absolutely i will i will watch it i Part of what I do at the Star Tribune, you know, working the weird hours I do, I'm always awake anyway, so, you know, why the hell not? 
So what you're saying is what you want me to do is to start sending you recommendations for sporting events that are happening on the other side of the globe that nobody else cares about sure. except for you and me. And we're gonna uh, we're gonna watch rugby from New Zealand. At t- you know what? Um, yes, you got my number. So <laughs> let's do it. I can't, so there's I, nothing I, I you can do. About. Answer. <laughs> I can't guarantee you'll answer, but yes, let, let's set this, it up. This is going pretty well. I finally got a rugby buddy for midnight games. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, let's get off golf a little bit. Uh, we really not not much has happened with the Wild for the past week or so, but. Since we've been so poor at scheduling podcasts, we haven't actually covered a lot of the stuff that's happened. And since we have sort of the hockey group on the podcast right now, I kind of wanted to talk about yeah. that a little bit too. We without Brandon and Stu on here making fart sounds basically throughout the whole thing. So, uh, the first thing I want to, the first thing I, I I think we need to talk about is I need a new hockey team, and so does everybody because the Wild signed Matt Cook. So, what do we do about that? <laughs> Well, uh, is will it work out better than Chris Simon? Well, Chris Simon was an entirely different. Chris Simon was just like the big dumb troll goon, like sure. Mongo in Blazing Saddles. You you know, <laughs> he wasn't. He certainly wasn't harmless, but you know, he played so little, and he there was no sort of there was no sort of effort to put any redemptive narrative along with Chris Simon. It was just like yeah. Chris Simon's a goon, and what are you going to do? And he's not going to play much, don't worry. And he didn't play much down the stretch that year. He played like four minutes a game or something like that. Right. But probably it's one thing to sign Matt Cook, which is awful enough in itself just because he's been such an awful player for so long. But the thing that's almost annoyed me more is this narrative about, oh, he's changed as a player. And, you know, Chief Culprit, I suppose, is the guys who have to cover him now in Minnesota who can't afford to... Piss him off before he gets here, but now they have to spout all this thing about. Well, we talked to the I talked to the guys in Pittsburgh, and they say he's changed completely. Blah blah blah. There's no chance Matt Cook has changed completely. He was awful before. He's awful now. As I said this in some argument on Twitter, just because a snake doesn't bite anybody for two years doesn't make him a rabbit. He's still a snake. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, am I out I there on this one? Better, John, I, I, I agree. I, I don't. You know, I when I think of Matt. When I think of Matt Cook, I I think of a, a dirty player. I think of a guy who uh, tries to get away with as much as he can. Does some of that? Do you need a guy like that on a team? Do you need it? No. Is it good to have? Sometimes. I mean, you look at. But but then again, you look at. You know, just, just some of the guys that have been in hockey that they're they're on the bench, they're on the ice, they get a penalty, and then they're done for the game. You know what? While there are talented guys sitting in the press box who don't get a chance to skate, you know, I, I just I think that the Wild would be much better off, given the talent that they have on their team, getting guys who are going to give them good minutes and give them and give them a physical presence. You can do both; it's possible. And um, there's so, a there's a difference I, between. I, I, I'm with you. You know, I, I'm not a hundred. I'm not. Um, you know, I don't have all the answers, but I, I I just think I would I would feel. As a as somebody as an observer, I would feel a lot better about somebody who can give you a little bit of both rather than somebody who's known for just one thing and one thing only. I and there's a difference between a guy like Cal Clutterbuck, who was a physical presence, you know that that everybody talks about, and he threw his body around. But I I, I think it well, was the, very the ill-informed people that said he was dirty. I don't think he was a dirty player. <laughs> Matt Cook is a dirty so. player. Well, it's he's dirty. He's not a goon. A goon, a goon is, a goon has standards. They have this, you know, the unwritten code that they live by, and are really the the biggest word about being a goon is you're accountable. Okay, you, you may hit somebody or or uh, or do something on the ice, but then you're willing to stand there and uh, and, and take what's coming to you. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody wants to fight you, you'll fight them. Matt Cook, that's the opposite of what he is. He's he's a dirty player, and on the flip side of that, he he's not accountable. Cal Clutterbuck. Was completely accountable out there. He would he would hit somebody. He wasn't a dirty player, but if somebody wanted to come back at him, okay, yeah, he'd he'd take him on. Or Matt Cook will turn right. every goddamn time, or he'll skate and, and run away from every goddamn fight. That's that's not what I if if I'm going to be a Wild fan, I don't want that kind of person associated with with this team. And uh, you know, is he going to change? Well, I don't know. I I've been around, I guess, enough people that 
say they're going to change and, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm done with this forever. That's pretty much my entire life. I've been around those people and, uh, you know, dozens and dozens of people like that. And I, I, I'm having a hard time thinking of one. Um, it, there's there's one or two I can think of that have held their their, their lives together, but uh, that's pretty few and far between. We'll see. But what I, what I don't want the wild to become is, that, you know, it's a desperate move is what it, it seems like to me. And I don't want to be a fan of a team that becomes kind of a, a halfway house for recovering assholes. That's, <laughs> that's what a, a fucking horrible thing. I don't want to be part of that. Oh, he's recovering. He's, he's trying to make his life better. Fuck that. How about we just get good players? Not, not you know, not become this pity party. Uh, yeah. Oh, it, fuck, fuck. I don't want to be a part of it. I just don't. I don't want to win that way. I'd rather lose than win with a guy like that. So, I, Darius, I'm curious what you. Uh, let, me, let me just ask you, Clarence. Well, I'm curious what you think about the whole to do about him taking Bugard's number, and they made a big deal about that. Does that, as a fan care. like you are, does that do anything for you? Not at all. No, I think it was a non-story. I think it was Matt Cook trying to. Um, he's trying to gain as much capital in this town as he can. I get what he's up to. Um, he's trying to buy as much goodwill as he can in this town because he yeah. knows what he's up against. People are hollering and screaming about him being signed here, so he's he's just scr- scrapping to try to find any angle he can to, to gain the goodwill. So he made the phone call to, to see if he can wear that number, and I get it. I don't care. It doesn't. I don't blame him for making the call. I don't care that he made the call. If they would have said no, I wouldn't have blamed them. That they said yes, I don't care. Um, I want to see really that. Is that really the Bugards family's call in your mind? Huh, fuck, probably. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. No, me... Seriously, I mean, you look at the. the I mean, Derek Bugard. It was tragic what happened to him, but he's not a he's not a retired number type guy. He's not, no, but, but he, he died. He yeah. died. I mean, Jesus, you know, he, that's, that doesn't happen very, it's a tragic story. Um, Absolutely he, it is. So, uh, if, if Matt Cook wouldn't have made the phone call, I don't think that would have been, uh, you know, this horrible thing, but that he did, I'm fine with. I don't, and yeah. I'm fine with them saying, yeah, it's all right if you wear it. I don't, I don't think that they're out overstepping their bounds. Um, I think it's worth re- I think it's worth remembering that Bugard sort of became the most popular player in the franchise at a time when the Wild were just getting good for the first time, so to speak. I mean, obviously Gabrick was sort of like the, the the Kirby Puckett of the franchise, but there were a lot of people who felt sort of iffy about Gabrick because he got hurt a lot and he never he he didn't always seem like he was particularly committed, and Bugard was sort of the Kent Herbeck of the Wild at the time, just sort of like the folk hero, and really, no, if you that's a, yeah, that's a perfect way of putting it, and, and really what I'd say. And that is where we lost everything. If you follow us on Twitter at Sportive Podcast on Twitter, you'll know that when we were trying to record on Thursday, that was the point at which we lost everything. The recording computer shut down, and eventually we smashed it with a hammer and now we're using a different computer to record this part which is being recorded two days later um and not only that we have different people here or i should say a different person (laughs) here um we should probably start by once again thanking brian stensas profusely and apologizing to brian stensas profusely he's he's on twitter at at stenstation and by the way if you listen to the podcast, what you heard was the third attempt at actually getting him on the podcast. We had some technical problems with getting Stu in. We then had one where the computer did not start recording before we actually managed to record anything. And so tensions were already running at a fever pitch by the time we got to what we eventually lost. So I... This podcast has been marred by terrible production, but I think Thursday was an all-time low. So, again, we're 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 so very sorry, Brian. We we will have you on again soon, if you would even bother to want to be on our terrible, terrible podcast again soon. But thanks for thanks for humoring us and taking time out of your important life events to listen to us swear at a computer over the internet. Anyway. He's just deep in a Wisconsin wedding right now, like late Saturday afternoon, so 
I think right now he's probably just fine with how the podcast turned out. <laughs> now would actually be a really good time to talk to Brian. That's Stu on the line. Yeah. He's hey guys, how's it going? He he's stepped into sub. We couldn't we couldn't get him in on Thursday, but we are getting him today. So we were talking yeah. about, we were talking about the wild when we got cut off, and I assume you have right. a lot to say about the wild, don't you, Stu? Uh, they still play in St. Paul, right? They do still play in St. Paul. Um, we're not even going to go down that road. I was trying to get, okay. I was trying to get Brandon to get interested in hockey on Twitter because I discovered that hockey has advanced statistics and stuff. And I thought, well, Brandon loves math. Yeah, as, as it turns out, they do. I, I sort of vaguely. For knew what? It, well, it's it's mostly well. N- since you asked to. Um, yeah, I must. It appears to be mostly based on the number of shots that teams are taking versus the number of shots that other teams are taking because that okay. the number of shots that they take including shots that are goals and shots that hit the goaltender and shots that are blocked and stuff because that number wow. is a fairly good proxy for puck possession and puck possession is a fairly good proxy for actually dominating the game and wow. scoring goals Amazing and stuff like that. So they're, they're, they've got a couple of different numbers, both of which are named after people, one of which was Lee Corso and the other which was um, Fenway Park or something like that. Fenwick and Corsi, I think, are the correct names. Anyway, I don't know much about them because I've read about them for 12 seconds, and I thought Brandon would get excited about them, but he yeah. he he's said not, on Twitter that yeah. he still hates hockey. And not only is he like a numbers nerd, he's also a selective numbers nerd, so like certain... Statistics find more favor with him. Yeah, he's, he's just—he's the worst, is what it comes down. Yeah, to. he's just the worst kind of nerd. He's not only a nerd; he's a hipster nerd. Yeah, it's just gross. And, and, and I think if I remember right, he lives in a skyscraper in Dallas that's shaped like, uh, well, you know. Yeah, that was. On the internet, kids. Yeah, that was from Clarence. I think that said that he lives yeah, in yeah, a yeah. male anatomy yeah, shaped skyscraper, which I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah, if you've ever seen the Dallas skyline, it's hard to miss. It's the one that looks exactly like what you think it is. My kids are are literally right like five feet from me, so I can't quite describe (laughs) what the thing is. Say hello to the family, Stu. Hey, family. They're watching Shaun of the Dead and doing their nails. Oh, the classic Saturday afternoon activity. It really is. That's what I was doing earlier today. It is one of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah. So I, I, are, are you more of a Shaun of the Dead guy or more of a Hot Fuzz guy, Stu? Oh, boy, that's, there's a Sophie's Choice as far as movies go. That's I, true. I, I love, them, love them both to death. Can't wait for the new one that's coming out in August. Uh, World's End, I think, is what yeah. it's called. And is it The World's just, End or At World's End? Or, no, At World's like End is the terrible Ender. Pirates movie. Yeah. Yes, yes. I think it's The, I think it's the World's End. Yep. It, has nothing to, it has nothing to do with This is the End, which is also about the end of the world, but I think that's the name of a bar, actually, in the British one. In the Simon Pegg, Edgar Wright. Yeah, Simon Pegg, Edgar Wright, Nick Frost, all those guys, looking quite forward to it. So, anyway, right. That's our movie plug. That's our movie plug for the day. Yeah, how are you enjoying so, this movie podcast, listeners? We're not going to talk about yeah. sports today. We're just going to talk about whatever's happening in front of us. Um, I'm going to look out the window. It's it's going to be really a little nice like... Out, by the way. It's super nice out. It's going to be a little bit like Garrison Keeler on this edition of the podcast. I'm just yeah. going to sort of look out the window and talk about yeah. the Tollefsons and what they're up to. And I'm going to breathe heavily into yeah. the microphone and I'm going to drop my yeah, voice down about an octave and a half. Yes. I can't even get it down that low. Um, yeah. So let's talk a little bit of twins. They have, as Aaron Gleeman put on Twitter, there are children who are seven days old who can't remember the twins ever losing a baseball game. Correct. They after, are on a roll. After losing 47 in a row, they've won two in a row going into the break, and now they won last night in yep. a, a game marred by the Cleveland Indians playing more like the Cleveland Indians you expect rather than the Cleveland Indians we got. Quite so. Yeah, they capital. I mean, they really didn't do much, but whenever Cleveland would just mess up in the field, they had their three runs, which is all they needed. And, and yeah, again, that's a role reversal from the first half of the year when it was the Twins making those mistakes. and Cleveland has been, you know, in the mix for first place in the Central, surprisingly, given that the Tigers are far and away a better team. Yeah, yeah Cleveland is know. this year's, if you hate Detroit, I guess you're a this Cleveland your, fan team. Hang your hopes on them because it ain't going to be the Twins, the White Sox, or Kansas City. So. Yeah. But boy, I, I, I don't see, I, this is, you know, it's not a sustainable run, I don't think. Well, I... You know, if you, 
I, I saw something, I think it was in the Cleveland Plain Dealer, and I think I linked to it on Twinkie Town, um, saying that basically the Indians went, they, they won like 10 in a row, then they lost 12 of 14, yep. then they won 14 out of 18, and so they're just the streakiest team ever, which yep. I suppose is yep. going to happen when you get that pitching staff. Correct. It's, you know, you're going to have your, your runs, and you're going to have your, your peaks and your valleys, John. That's what I like to call them, your apogees oh. and your nature's. That's very descriptive. I can actually see yeah. what that might look like. Yeah. I can imagine exactly. peaks and valleys. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm taking work pictures here is what I'm doing. And the surprising, the, the surprising thing for me when I was writing that series preview at Twinkie Town about the Indians was that Justin Masterson has been, like, one of the best five pitchers in the American League this year, which you do not think of Justin Masterson when you think of guys who can actually pitch. But, you know, yeah. he, he has a pretty typical Indians record, like 10-7 and seven or mm-hmm. something like that, but he's third in the league in innings pitched and fifth in strikeouts and he's thrown three shutouts and Bartolo Colon and somebody really? else yeah. and somebody else have thrown two and nobody else has thrown more than oh. one and if he wasn't also basically leading the league in walks I think you'd hear a lot more about him and I think he's yeah. he's given up a number of hits too so it's not like yeah. he's particularly particularly dominating, but at the same time he's striking out more than a batter per inning, so I guess there's some domination there. I don't know. It's It's been surprising because Masterson sort of had a good year two or three years ago and has sandwiched around it about 20 minutes or about two years of being terrible on either side. So, oh, wait, 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 I need to use a backtrack a little bit. He strikes out a batter per inning and he's a starting pitcher? Yeah, I, I don't know how it's done exactly, but yeah, that's that's just that concept sounds crazy. I don't know why more teams don't do that. You know, that seems like something, you know, seems like something a lot of teams should really think about doing. Be it the Twins or other teams, but I, I don't know. Have you, have you done any reading that other do other teams have pitchers who can do that? Well, I I wasn't sure it was allowed up until like Thursday when I was yeah. working on this. I thought that starting pitchers had to be bad at striking people out, and yeah. then. You know, you could have relievers that sometimes struck people out, but they couldn't do it very often. Like, Jared Burton, I think, struck out the side last night, and he probably won't be allowed to pitch for a week, I think, because you're not allowed to to do that very often. So that's how I thought it worked. But apparently, if you're a starting pitcher, you can also strike people out, and your arm doesn't necessarily fall off. Well, tonight's starter is Kevin Correa, so I don't know that we'll necessarily see that. Even though he is the team, I think he's the team leader in strikeouts. I don't want to know because <laughs> that's yeah. probably true, and it's just sad. as far as starters go. I'm certain that he's the leader. I just don't know if he's overtaking Perkins or not. Yeah, that's who's pitched about the fifth of the innings that Correa. <laughs> and we mentioned Burton got three last work. night, so he might be in the lead yeah. right now too. He very well maybe. Well, actually, after his that run after his injury, I mean, my God, which <laughs> you know. We, I, I was pretty worried that that was it for Jared Burton because I'm a fatalist, and I thought, well, eh, yeah. I guess Jared well. Burton's terrible now. But about the week leading into the All-Star break, he had four or five, maybe not four or five, but three, let's say three good appearances going into the break, and now he had a good one coming out. So maybe he's yep. recovered? Maybe he's recovered, and maybe he has trade value, and maybe we can get a good play player for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because... Didn't, looking for there. Didn't the White Sox trade Matt Thornton for some underwhelming yep. haul? Yes, they did. And Matt Thornton is a very good setup guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he throws incredibly hard. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And occasionally Jim Tomey hits one that goes about 700 feet to right field the target field. 
I was yes, at that yeah. game. That was I think that was my favorite target field game that I've been at. That was that was a heck of a deal. That was pretty awesome. If I may be Minnesota Nevada, that was a that heck of a was deal. That was a heck of a deal, dear Stu. It really was. Yes, it was. I believe that was the first walk off in target field history. Too, yeah, that might have been true. So and even if it's not true, we're not gonna look it up because no. that's the sport of promise. Well, <laughs> we're we gonna can't. tell you things that sound factual, but we're not gonna guarantee that. It's your fault if you believe it. We can't even get our recordings right. How are we supposed no, to? No, that's very true. How are no. we supposed to actually look up facts? Yeah. So we're we're probably hoping for a Burton trade, and I would support a Burton trade as long as it doesn't involve a Glenn Perkins trade to go along with it. Because while absolutely correct, it's a great you know I'm sure it's a great idea to trade Glenn per- mm-hmm. Perkins objectively, but I don't want oh, to yeah. trade him. I don't want to either. I want him. I mean, that's just. I want him I mean, to stay. Ideal, ideally, yeah. Well, ideally, they, they would trade him for just a crazy haul of players. Just you know, a good starter, like a starting pitcher right now, a good prospect, and maybe just throw in a, a warm body. You know, yeah, like, maybe Wilson Ramos. If they got <laughs> Wilson Ramos, I yeah. hear he's on the trading block. But I mean, that's just there's just I mean, there's there's probably some dumb teams out there, and I just don't know that they're even. The dumb teams who are willing to part with a good enough haul to make his make it worthwhile, worth the Twins' while to do it. I just don't think that's out there. So yeah, the problem is, I th- I think Aaron Gleeman and Parker Hagman were talking about this on their podcast and radio yeah. show and uh, all around awesomeness this week. They were talking about yeah. there's not very many teams left who are that dumb. There's a, a vanishingly small number of dumb teams, of which the Twins apparently are one. But most of them will look at it and say, you know, we're really not going to give up a top 50, top 30, whatever prospect for a closer, especially even if he does have a good contract. We're just not going to do that because prospects are You know, the team that really needs one, and there just doesn't seem to be a... John, you still there? Yep, sorry. Okay, sorry. Um, Yeah, I think uh, Detroit is a prime candidate to get, you know, you know, just robbed over a, um, a bad trade, but uh, I just don't know if they'll do it within the division. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily see that happening. You're right in that they are the team that desperately, desperately need the help at closer. And yeah. possibly, possibly, I've heard Washington mentioned too, but I'm in no yeah. way plugged into the trade needs of other teams. But like yeah, you I, say, there's no chance the Twins trade Glenn Perkins to Detroit. He's under contract no. for three more years or whatever. They're not going to trade him in the yeah. division. That would be stupid. No, they're not going to do that. Yeah, unless they were like you know throwing up you know <laughs> just an insane you know offer. Yeah, you're, if they want to trade Prince Fielder to the Twins for a closer, that's one thing. But that's just yeah, not going to happen. They're, yeah, they're not going to trade Max Scherzer and you know one of their. They got like one like stud prospect that I, whose name I can't remember. We're gonna say his name is Jeff Donovan. That's a great Jeff name. Donovan. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Donovan. He's got a five tool player. Yep. Got eighty speed, seventy arm. So yeah, I, I it's, it's not gonna. I don't think it'll happen, and I really don't think Morneau's gonna get moved either, just because I just don't think there's a. You don't think they'll there. move him at all? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. Sorry, I'm 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 uh, coordinating with Mandy about uh, getting the noodles strained here right now. I'm making spaghetti in case yeah. you're wondering. This is <laughs> we've timed this so well that Stu is actually performing domestic duties and cooking dinner yes. while recording the podcast. Whereas yeah, I, who am single, right have nothing going on right now, so I'm just sitting in the well, house doing okay. everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I guess you know, I just I think the twins' idea of what Morneau's worth right now is probably different from what other teams are willing to offer so i mean if he if he's moved it's going to be for like that delman young deal where it's going to be just a you know a single eye guy who's maybe going to be good in five years if he doesn't you know yeah a guy we, you know, nobody has ever heard of and the twins at, at one point did have some success getting players in those kind of deals they picked yeah. up jc romero in a deal like oh, that God, yeah. they picked up uh jason bartlett out of the padres organization yeah. by trading Brian Buchanan of all people. Brian Buchanan <laughs> of all people. Did I call him? Who did they? Who did they trade for J.C. Romero? Do you remember? Uh, let's say Roberto Kelly or something. 
somebody. I don't know. I mean, just yeah, that seems like a good one. We'll say they traded yeah, Otis Nixon for J.C. Romero, but in order to bring up Otis Nixon, yeah, I did. In both in both cases, they traded a random guys for guys who at the time were in single A, were not top prospects. I don't think either of them probably would have been in the top twenty five prospects. I'm no prospect hound, but. I don't think either of them would been uh, would have been a highly ranked prospect, but they got both of these guys who became very good major leaguers, which is a little bit like you know hitting the hundred dollar scratch off lottery a couple of times because yeah. really I, I I have no idea what the statistics are for single A players making the majors, but it has to be incredibly small, an incredibly small number. Yes, I would I would imagine that's right. So it's but yeah, it's it's um I mean I. The amount of money they're going to have to pay more now next year is probably money better spent elsewhere, especially when you can... I mean, I assume what we're seeing right now with Calabella being up is like his audition. Yeah. A nice, cheap $500,000 replacement at first base. And if he can hit the ball at all and not, you know, you know fall on his face out on the field, I think that's maybe the first baseman next year. Yeah. And Morneau and more will be... I mean, I think Morneau's gone at the end of the year anyway. If he's not traded, I just don't see him bringing him back. Yeah. I don't see Morneau coming back for the amount of money they would offer him. I guess they would offer him, what, two, three million? Something I like think. that. Something. Yeah. I, but on the on the flip side, where else is he going to sign? I can't imagine. Well, I take that back. The Royals will probably sign him. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, he's, a Kansas, he's a Kansas City Royal or Toronto Blue Jay all over him. Yeah, right? he's yeah. a winner and blah, 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 and, and don't get me wrong, I actually believe those things about Morneau, but yeah. at the same time, I don't think the Twins will spend any money on him. I think, no. my guess what we're going to see here is Chris Colabello will play for about a month, and he'll be on the Cleet Thomas plan where he has 45 at-bats and strikes out 31 times or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I I really hope he makes it because he has a great story. For, for anybody who doesn't know his story, he played in the Canadian-American League, which is nowhere. For <laughs> medicine hat, I think yeah. is where that one is, it's, and they play in the winter. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually winter baseball in Canada, so it's a struggle to make contact. It's really difficult. So he was in that league for seven years, and then managed to catch on. I think in the twin system at that point, and has worked his way up and is absolutely ripping AAA pitching. And I really hope 24 he home, yeah, twenty four home runs so far this year in AAA, which is. About, that's Randy Ruiz good, man. Yeah, that, that is, is Randy Ruiz good. That's Garrett Jones, Randy Ruiz numbers right there. Although Garrett Jones went on to be good, I don't think any. Yes, I don't think Randy Ruiz did anything after leaving. The no, Randy, I think I think he's with the uh, Nip and Ham Fighters right now. <laughs> I'm that, I'm choosing I, to believe I, I'm that that is true. Yeah, I think he was. I think he is in the Japanese uh, baseball league. Which I think may be the end game for Chris Calabello because that's the way he looks like he's going, but. I hope it works yeah. for him. I hope yeah. I hope yeah, he makes I mean, a success, but I think it's more likely we'll see Chris Parmalee at first base next year. Yeah, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. You know he's my guy because Gene. Is Gene Parmesan your guy? <laughs> Gene Parmesan is my guy because I like to say Gene on Twitter. Well, it makes me laugh. <laughs> it, makes, it makes people laugh, but he's just... He I get to make arrested development jokes on Twitter. That's pretty much, you know, yep. my ceiling for a, a guy right there. He's replaced so, yeah, Steve I, Holm in this joke. He has, he has, uh, Steve Holm. Steve Holm. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, some, some, either Calabello or uh, Parmalee. I'm, I'm fine with them taking, you know, and take the money you would have spent on Morneau, putting it into any sort of pitching you can find. Anything. Do you have any idea if there's free agent pitchers available? I have no idea. I don't know why I, I expect you would, but. I do, yeah. <laughs> if you're marking up the wrong tree. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I assume maybe, uh, I, I I don't know. So I mean, it turns out they were they were wise not to spend their money on the free agent pitchers this year, just because all the guys they were rumored to be in the mix on are terrible this year. Yeah, basically Edwin, Annabelle Sanchez is good, and everybody else is awful. Yeah. yeah, Edwin Jackson just garbage. I think Joe Blanton is. I mean, playing in Elizabeth Ten right now. Hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, yeah they're. They were wise not to do it, but they really should have. I don't know what else they could have done, but boy. All right, let me ask you this. issue for this team. Let I me ask you this. Breaking news, okay. Knowing what we know now, is the Kevin Correa signing a good idea or a bad idea? Uh, um, 
Because as you just pointed no, out, no. every other free agent pickup is terrible. There were no other good free yes. agent options. Yes. If it was a one-year deal, yes. But it's that second year that they're on the hook for. Yeah. And we, he's already trending downwards precipitously, especially with some... Um, he seems to give up a word. I think uh, you'd mentioned Parker Hagman before. He calls him Jack Chops. He has given up a lot of Jack Chops Hag- lately. Hashtag dingers? Hashtag dingers, yeah. And he's given up a lot of ribbies, hashtag ribbies, as a result of those hashtag <laughs> dingers slash Jack Chops. And if it continues at that pace, and then I believe it was a two-year, $10 million contract, you got another year, a uh, $5 million Nick Blackburn type of contract sitting out there next year that you didn't Exactly, didn't Nick need to Blackburn offer. level contract. Exactly. And boy, and speaking of whom, if I'm almost certain, is he not going to be up here Absolutely. at some point? Absolutely, yeah. Nick Blackburn will be back. And, and I'm actually, you know, I have no problem with that because they may as well, they're spending $5 million on him anyway, yep. and they're, they're not in the playoff hunt, see if they throw him out there. See what happens. Why would I not want another chance to boo Nick Blackburn? Exactly. Give the people what they want. Yep. The <laughs> what the people want here is an opportunity to take their vengeance out. One more time. To take $5 million worth of 2013 vengeance out yeah. of Nick Blackburn by yelling at him and possibly pelting him with garbage. With a sinker that doesn't sink. Yeah. <laughs> Just getting tattooed for three innings <laughs> and bring in Swarzak in the fourth. Well, it starts at you the know. it starts at the belt line and ends up at the knees. Yeah. So, exactly. that's that's what you want out of a sinker, right? I'm not a fishing expert, but he maintains his downward plane. That's yeah. between the belt and the knees, and it's right down the middle. And well, there you go. The amazing thing is that there were stretches where Blackburn would pitch an entire month and go eight innings in every start and give up three yeah. runs total. Correct. How did he that ever happen? I, again, it's that sinker. If it sinks, you're you know, you're striking people out or they're ground into the shortstop. I mean, they're beating the ball into the ground. But if it doesn't sink, which was his, would end up being what happens, and there you go. And Again, that, that, that game 163 he pitched is probably the biggest fluke you're ever going to see because <laughs> given where he is now, given how he pitched in that game, I just, I, it's, it's unfathomable that that actually happened. It is mind-boggling. Mind-bottling, even mind, I would say even mind-bottling that at some yeah. point there was an important game in Twins history that mm-hmm. the Twins thought, you know who we should run out there to have the best chance of winning in this game is Nick Black. <laughs> and it was the right decision. Yeah, and it, it was really absolutely was. the right decision. And if Jim <laughs> Tomey had, hadn't hit a home yep. run that still hasn't landed, the Twins no, might have won that, that game. Was, exactly. So, so, yeah, I guess, you know, I, my guess is yes, we will see him in the major leagues one more time so you can be lustily cheered off the field. <laughs> Carried off the field, if you will. Exactly. All right, let's, let's do this one. The Twins won their 40th game of the season last night. At the start of hey, the year, awesome. we, we did we predicted the number of wins they'd have this year. I think I picked 59. You might have picked 57, even less than me yeah. or something like that. We were both, we were both under 60. So... We they're already at forty in ninety three games. They have seventy mm-hmm. games to go. What's your updated pick for number of twin twins? Uh, boy, you know I think they'll probably get to sixty five and they'll still fire Gardner. <laughs> I, I was going to say sixty seven. So apparently we've yeah. increased our predictions by about the same number. Yeah. Do you think sixty seven keeps Gardner employed? I think no. I don't. No, I, I, can't, I don't either. I can't imagine a scenario in which, uh, unless they won 45 games in the second half or something and got to 84 wins or something respectable like exactly. that, and they had some compelling narrative where Gardy could point to and say, listen, we're turning this around, I want to be mm-hmm. part of this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we, we, we'll have Snow in here next year, we'll have Buxton in here in two years, and yeah. give me a couple of free agent pitchers and let me roll with them in 2014. That's, I think, the only yeah. conceivable way that he's back. I just think, you know, it doesn't sound like Ryan wants to let him go, but I don't think it's Ryan's decision. I think it's the poll ads, and the poll ads have already, you know, all of his friends are gone, man. He's got Anderson, and that's it. They're all gone. <laughs> he's got nobody left, and I just think it's the writing's on the wall. I mean, uh, I mean, Royce's column about, you know, 
letting him go in midseason just to do him a favor. I think that, you know, and I, I just think that seemed to be make a compelling case for yeah, I think that someone was, like Royce. So, yeah, if someone like Royce is yeah. right in that, I think that's just uh, another sign that it's a fait accompli at this point. Yeah, that, it's just a fait accompli. <laughs> that, was probably, that column was probably closer to the truth than anything. Which is yeah. and, maybe the and Twins he, would want to bring him back, but why would he want to come back? Correct. So yeah, I just I still I mean, and, you know, he's got his issues, but it's obviously the the rush they're in is not on Ron Gardner. No, which <laughs> you know to to bring up the flip side of that though, you can't if you're not going to criticize him for this, you can't give him credit for winning no, title before, sure. which is disingenuous sure. because some of those teams, I mean, at least one of those teams that won a division title had, like, two guys who were actually playing the position that they were supposed to be playing. <laughs> exactly. I mean, <laughs> Brian Busher was playing regularly for one of those teams. Oh, good God. It's just, yes, yes. <laughs> some of those, it was just like, how is, this can't possibly be happening, and yet the Twins are winning baseball games. So it's yeah, a little hard I, for me to turn around and... Say later that all of that was invalid and none of that was the manager's doing. Now I am no expert in what goes yeah. on inside a baseball clubhouse or how much influence a manager has on any particular team's record. But yeah, and then, yeah, maybe they've tuned him out completely. But I mean, you just look at—I just don't. I mean, I think Joe Madden and Terry Francona are considered the gold standard of managers right now. Mm-hmm. What, what what would they do with his pitching staff? Maybe oh. they. they they do a better job of putting the lineup together. They bat Mauer in the right spot, you know. But I mean, what are they going to do? I mean, you have to throw, you know, just Kevin Correa and PJ Walters out there. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, there's always a lot. There's a famous quote, and I wish I could attribute it to it to the correct person about foot for football coaches that say, "Well, he could take urine and beat him with his in, and he can take his in and beat him with urine." And, <laughs> That's me trying to. I, it might have been Bum Phillips who was the um, the Houston Astros coach for a while. Not Oilers. Houston Astros, Houston Oilers. Wow, this is the worst. This is what happens when we try to get facts correct on the sport. If I managed That's to say okay. that Bum Phillips is managing the Houston Astros, and I also accidentally say that I would have loved to have seen Bum Phillips manage a baseball game. No, yeah. that would have been great. That would have been so get him into a full uniform. That beer gut he had. <laughs> That would have like been that would have yeah, been quite the uniform. Yes, I would. I would have tuned in for that game. That uniform would have been rather strained. Yes, you would have invented the pullover era long before it actually became fact. Um, <laughs> anyway, the point I was trying to make was in football, there's a certain amount of strategy that you can do, and a certain amount of coaching that's actually required. In baseball, you pretty much have to throw the ball over the plate and. Mm-hmm. there's not a lot you can do about it if you're the manager. You can try to get guys in good situations, and you can try to set a good atmosphere in the clubhouse, but ultimately you got Kevin Correa throwing puffballs over the plate out there, so I'm not sure what exactly yeah. you can do if you're on Gardner. But sure. There's nothing you can do. Now, I saw the other day that I think I, I saw that Sid reported that Paul Molitor would de- definitely be the replacement if they fire Gardner, which I had no idea where Sid's getting that, but I have no idea where Sid's getting a lot of things. Are you happy with Paul Molitor as a possible replacement? I, well, I mean, <laughs> he was really good at playing baseball. He I certainly don't know was. If he's a, I don't know if he's any good as a manager or, as I like to say, a leader of men, John. I don't know if he's a good leader of men. <laughs> but, um, well, yeah, I, I don't know. The, I mean, the confusing thing is he hasn't really been a coach anywhere. He was the hitting coach in Seattle or something like that, right? Uh, I think so. Um, yeah, he was a hitting coach and like a roving instructor and all that jazz. And um, by all accounts, he's a nice guy. He lives he lives on the same street as my old uh, college roommate, Jason. Oh, well, that's in a Hoshitoni Adina neighborhood. Uh, so, according to Jason, he's a super nice guy. So, well, <laughs> I guess that's so a that positive mark in his category. In the category, yeah, there you go. <laughs> and he's from Jason's from Arlington Greenhouse, so they have a, a, a rich town ball tradition. So. Clearly, you know, ball guy. So. <laughs> Speaking purely in terms of trying to come up with a fun story, I think I'd want Jake Maurer to take over. 
just, so good. Be, just because it'd be fun to have somebody managing their brother in the major leagues and they look exactly alike except Jake actually yells at the umpire and stuff sometimes. So Yeah. Yes, it's temper and, yep. you know. So yeah, I, I I'm on board with that. Yeah, I I I couldn't tell you who's who should be on the the short list for the gig if if and when Gardy is gone. I I just don't know. I I'm more again, I'm I don't really care who's managing next year. I do care who is going to be in the rotation. I do care, you know, if Sano is going to be in the mix in 2014, if Buckstone is going to be in the mix in 2015, or even late 2014, if he's going to keep just destroying the minor leagues. I mean, yeah. Which, was, uh, do you recall uh, how long did it take Trout to get through? I, the minors. I haven't the faintest that, clue, to be honest that's with you. Some, that's because that seems to be who everyone is comparing him to. And people Trout, who watch that stuff. Trout, Buxton is 19 at Cedar Rapids, and I think yes. Trout at the same level was 18. Yes. And Trout was up last year doing amazing yep. stuff, and he was 20. So yes. two more he years? He got called up, I believe, the first month of the season last year? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. And even if it's not right, who cares? Um, but I mean, I'm, the, the way Buston's going, I mean, he may not be that far off. He may be, you know, a year and a half away as opposed to two full seasons. How's he hitting it so, in his week that he's been at Double A or whatever? Um, I assume that he has set all the records for the league within a week. Because, no, he's not at Double A. He's at High A, right? Yeah, it's High A, High A Fort Myers. Yep. So I assume. Um, yeah, I, I, I actually. Yeah, I assume it, I actually know that Sano is only hitting 200 or less than 200 or something like that at New Britain, so. Yeah, it's all over. So, <laughs> I guess it up. cross him off your list, everyone. Exactly. It's Sano is not coming to help this team ever. Okay. He's going to be a flame out. Yep. At we'll yeah, he's the next Rick Sofield. He over. is the next whoever that guy that Stu just said is. Yeah. Late, uh, late 70s twins outfielder. Good hit basketballs. Uh, do we want to talk a little Timberwolves Summer League? You've been paying attention um, to how that's going, right? <laughs> I pay attention because they have names I've never heard of that sound like they're witness relocation names, like Kiki Clark. That's not that's not a person's name. Kiki Clark? Kiki Clark, yeah, he's a K-E-E-E nope. Clark. Nope, that's not a person. Wait, it's K-E-E-K-E-E? Yep. Nope, yep. that's not a person's name. Yeah, um, there's like an like an Olhausen or Olthus, Olthias, some just some random name, and I think Shabazz hasn't been tearing anything up. Our guy Shabazz Muhammad. Yeah, I don't think Shabazz Muhammad is going to play a lot of minutes this year. That's the no, overwhelming or, or sense I get, just I get from just like, yeah, but, I, yeah, more I think, than anything, uh, just from the from fact the, that they signed Brewer and Buttinger and yeah. Kevin Martin's fairly tall too. I don't. I mean, where do you play Muhammad there? I don't know. I'm beginning to think that uh, our friend Brandon's uh, assessment of Flip absolutely cocking up the draft may have been the correct assessment. <laughs> just, oh, yeah. It just seems like they just are like, ah, well, we had to draft somebody. <laughs> he, he's like the guy that got drunk before the fantasy football draft and was like, yeah, okay. that'll be better next year. Yeah. How the hell did I draft Ray Carruth? That is so yeah. dumb. I drafted, why did, my kicker is John Casey. Are you sure that's right? <laughs> I don't think that's possible. Uh, but it it did seem a lot like that. Like, they did one scenario, and when that scenario didn't go as planned, it was just like, yeah. Um, uh, uh, let's look down the list the here. Clock. Oh, God. Oh, shit. What are we going to do? UCLA, that's so, a good school. Let's draft this guy. They have to ask him. Well, they won titles. Yeah. I saw it on, on ESPN Classic. They have an old guy. Yeah, it, um, and yeah, his I, name was... Jeff Wooden. Yep. But... Just to the listeners, anybody who's actually still listening to this terribly confusing podcast, we actually do know who John Wooden is. So, yes, we do. save your save your letters, your 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 outraged emails. Which actually, if we got some outraged emails, I would like that a lot. That would be kind of cool. Just can send them to Clarence and let them just go yeah. off for five minutes on how much of a whore their mother is. <laughs> I think that'd be a pretty good. Pretty Clarence good at thesportive dot com is our complaints yeah. line. So. Yeah. Like Clarence, like Clarence and Salt, your ancestors. <laughs> Which he will be. Actually be a good fit. Yes, he will. He's gladly. I mean, is Muhammad the only guy that we've heard of on the Summer League team? Is 
Is Greg uh, Garrido there Chris, too? Uh, Chris Johnson is there. <laughs> Chris Johnson so, is there? He's like 28. Yeah, but he's there. Um, Isn't it sort of for rookies and stuff, the Summer League? Well, I think uh, when you're the like Chris Johnson's of the world, and you all get so. So Rick Rickard is there right now, is what you're telling yeah, me. Yeah, there's a very there's a very good chance Vincent Greer is there. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think uh, that's just one of those things where if you're a journeyman like that, and you're basically living on 10 day contracts, you go to the summer league. So, but Chris Johnson is signed for game. next year. Yeah, I don't know. He he actually I, is. I've read this a couple of times. Oh, okay. Like the last oh. thing David Kahn did on his way out the door was sign Chris Johnson to a contract for next year. Oh, I did not know that. Which again, we're talking about a guy that I don't know exactly know where his minutes are coming from because they've got Kenneth Fareed in there now too, and assu- we're assuming here that they're going to re-sign Peck because you, uh, it, I think you mean uh, not Kenneth Fareed, Roddy Turioff. Yeah, did I say Kenneth Fareed? Yeah, Kenneth Fareed's good. Yeah. I'm sorry. It'd be awesome if we had that. Kenneth Fareed's really good. Yeah. That'd be- Kind of a good thing to have, but what I don't think getting, he's available. Do they both have long hair? Is that why I'm getting them confused? Sure, let's go with that. I honestly don't know. I did they both play at Northern Iowa? Where did Ronnie Turioff play? Uh, he, um, Brandon, come guys? back soon. I don't know. We need you here, Brandon. <laughs> yes, we need you. Yeah, we don't know where any of these guys play. <laughs> I, I don't know. We don't know what we're talking about, but yet we're. Talking about it anyway because this is the internet. About, and that's what we do. Yeah, we're talking about uh, games we haven't watched, played by players we don't know, <laughs> by names we're making fun of. <laughs> so, <laughs> ah, yeah. sports talk. Welcome, welcome to the sportive, everybody. Uh, <laughs> the sportive so, yeah. com, your home for nonsense. Yeah, I, yeah. Exactly. So that that's the extent of my summer league Timberwolves knowledge. So. All right. Uh, were you happy with the Corey Brewer resigning? Um. Sounds like a good idea. <laughs> now, here's, here's the he thing I'm confused about. He's good at defense. Is, is he, he good at defense? I don't know. I don't remember him being particularly good at defense when he was here. I don't remember him being particularly good at much of anything. Yeah, he was and, a terrible uh, shooter. He wasn't good at creating his own shot. He had skinny yeah, little chicken again, legs. He will not be asked to shoot, I don't think. I don't think that's... What it, I mean, he's 6'9", and he's got, you know, super long arms. So, I mean, in theory... That's what you should be halfway good on defense as long as you know he tries. <laughs> so basically what's so happened here know. is that we've made the assumption that since he is in the league and statement B, you can't be in the league unless you're good at something, then we've yes. come up with C, he must be good at defense because he's not good at offense. Yes, that is, I think, what we're saying. I see no logical fallacies in this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the yeah, math I, works. The, uh, yeah. the science checks out. This must yeah, be what yeah, Brandon feels like all the time when the science checks yeah. out. I feel pretty good right now that we've established what's going on here. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I, I'm okay. With, I'm okay with the signing because I don't know enough to be not okay with it. And it seems like he should play defense, which is what he was. I'm, I know he was signed to play defense because they signed their scorer with Kevin Martin, so who can't play defense at all. No, he cannot. He's all, he's he makes Kevin Love look like freaking Wes Unseld. So I I think that he played for the Washington basketball team in the late seventies. Listeners, so and is for that one. And as I think Britt Robson pointed out the other day, the guy who was in charge of the defensive coaching for the Timberwolves was Bill Baino, who left to who take a left. top assistant job somewhere else, and now they've got Rick Adelman's son coaching the defense, which Rick Adelman's yeah. son may be good at coaching defense, but he doesn't have the proven track record. So they lost their yeah. best defender, who is Kirilenko. They lost the yeah. guy who coaches the defense. And they signed, or Robinson <laughs> they signed Kevin Martin, who is, I don't know if he's the worst defender in the league, but it's been written about so much about how he's not good at defense that now it's been driven into my head that, he is the worst basketball player at defense ever, and he actually does not cross half court into the defensive end of the court. He just stands around yeah, I, at the opposing three point line. <laughs> well, I guess we'll see. <laughs> I guess we will whenever the NBA season starts. What is it, November? Uh, yeah, usually like right after Halloween is when they kick in. It's a good thing that we're getting this all worked out now in July, then. Exactly. So, I'm. I, I'm glad that we, well, there's only so much twins we can talk, I guess. So there really is. So, and training camp for the Vikings starts next week, so we'll have that to talk about. And 
You want to do a, put a quarter in the quarter and to get him in to insult uh, everything that Christian Ponder has and ever will do. I have a I have a coworker who has officially made a bet with another coworker of Christian Ponder having better stats than Aaron Rodgers this year, and I think they have lunch writing on it. And I don't know why this lunch hasn't been already paid for, because that is the single dumbest bet I've ever heard of. <laughs> who works with Paul Allen? That you know, that's what I want to know. <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, When you said that, I immediately thought of the Microsoft billionaire, not of PA. Oh, not PA. Which made it a little confusing, and I was trying to, I was racking my brain for a second. Like, what did Paul Allen do except make a billion (laughs) dollars off of Microsoft and buy the Trailblazers? But. Yeah, maybe maybe a good sign that we should wrap this one up. Yeah, we probably should. It's probably Uh, dinner time in anyway. (laughs) It is time to eat. So. Well, Make spaghetti if you want to drive up. By the way, <laughs> I, I do kind of want. I, I don't have any. I don't have any good options here. So, yeah, sorry about that. No, no worries. Uh, thanks for joining me for the emergency backup podcast, Theo. I appreciate. Okay, that. no problem. Uh, yeah, well, I we'll do one next week, right? Well, <laughs> we'd like to think right, we so would, but past experience okay. tells us that there's pretty much no chance of planning ahead. That's true. Not only will we not plan ahead, you know, we may do one that doesn't actually exist afterwards, and I have to spend all day fighting with a computer trying to make it give it back to me. Well, hopefully hopefully it works. Hopefully this one works, and hopefully everyone gets their, you know, enjoyment out of this free podcast that they didn't pay for. That is not very good. Sorry, everyone. Yeah, that's a... Oh, you get what you pay for in this world, John. <laughs> By the way, if we lose this podcast, then we're giving up forever, and this is the last <laughs> attempted instance of the podcast. Because I yeah. just... I, I, it was a nice run. Yeah, well, eh, that's a little strong. It was a run. It was a run. We successfully published 21 episodes in a clip show, and after that, it just sort of fell off quickly. So, I don't know. Would you say that would make us one of the longest tenured podcasts out there? I think at least we'd be top 15, maybe top 20. There we go. All right. Uh, Thanks for being here, Stu. Thanks for listening, anybody. I can't imagine why anybody would have listened to this, but good for you. Good for you, Internet listener. Thank you. And thank you for sticking with us through our terrible, terrible troubles. All right. We'll see you. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye, guys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.